The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. And good morning from the Central Time Zone. This is Reverend Jackie Fernandez, and I am live from the Tower at Unity Village today, and I'm so thrilled to have with me in the studio today. It's been a while since I've had someone in the studio with me, but here in the studio is life coach Tammy Rising. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we have been um, offering Sunday talks and a workshop around practicing principle during this challenging time specific to COVID-19 and the pandemic that we are all in. So I thought, why not bring that to uh, Voices of Unity so that we can, you know, expand that conversation and also just continue in it. It's so important during this time, I think, for all of us to really work with spiritual principle and tools as we each navigate this ongoing marathon of a pandemic. So I appreciate you being willing to come and um, and offer your voice to this Voices of Unity show. Absolutely. So Tammy, you're a life coach and you are a longtime Unity congregant and you've actually been on staff at Unity Church of Overland Park. And so tell us about your life coach uh, business and experience. So I have been a full-time life coach for now seven years. And what I do is I work with individuals and teams helping them connect to Um, really the meaning and the purpose in their life through connecting with their higher self. So there is a spiritual element of it. Also helping them be in a grounded place and embrace their humanity, looking at strengths and places that they um, can reveal to themselves that will help them grow to become and live their highest calling. That's important work. And so I pulled a little bit from your website, which is getonyourtruepath.com, as a pathfinder. You are part of a community of go-getters who are tired of the stress, the noise, and the distraction and choosing to do work and life differently. With more calm, more certainty, more focus and accountability to get up and truly go after what really does matter. So that's at the core of your work. It is because so many people that I work with, and I've been there myself as well, when we have these urges inside and we feel this discontentment, often it can be about an unfulfilled calling in our life or Mm -hmm. not finding the purpose of which to live from. And when we find that, our life just feels, um, it feels more fluid, it feels more open, it feels easier Mm -hmm. and more purposeful. Yeah. We've become alive, really. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's interesting in this um, time, as I've had different guests on this show during the pandemic, um, you know, of course, we've talked about how this, you know, abrupt change to our routine, the disruption that we are all experiencing, not just individually, but collectively, and the high stress and anxiety and unemployment and, you know, and health concern and all of this, like, uncertainty that has you know, these negative aspects and results uh, within us and all around us. But there also has been this other experience of uh, creativity, like a boom and creativity. And, you know, I've talked about like the artists have always saved the world. And, you know, and a lot of people are feeling like a clarity about their own um, 
uh, just life values and what's important um, to them. And also just this, um, because we've all been forced to shift how we connect and many, in many cases, how we work, um, that this is just like unleashed creativity. And so I'm curious of what you've seen with your clients. Um, if you've sensed, like, is it more stress? Is it more of that opening to creative solutions and experiences? That's a great question. It's been both. And not just for one for one person, one for the other, but both for the same person. Right. And one of my favorite scriptures is be still and know oh, yeah. that I am God. Yeah. And so oftentimes we have conversations about how this time right now is an opportunity potentially to become really still. Mm -hmm. And I find that those that are practicing that are finding um, that creativity Mm -hmm. and they're hearing inside Mm -hmm. from, from their higher self, from um, their inner voice that there's, there's something that they can be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I chose to do that through gardening this year Mm -hmm. and, you know, we are so limited in where we can go and we're homebound right now. And so why not just um, grow things in the dirt? <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> and eat them. You know? <laughs> and eat them, right? And, you know, and so you're sheltering in place with me and my family. So you and your daughter, your three-year-old daughter, and me and my two teenage daughters. And I've talked about this on the show, of course, as you've heard um, over the past few months. But we've become from a family of two and a family of three to a family of five. So that has, like, created its own, like, set of opportunities and adjustments. And, you know, and so, you know, you're planting the garden. It's in the raised beds that I already had and I didn't do anything with them last year. So it's been really wonderful to see life, you know, growing and those, those gardens really flourishing and delicious, right? We're getting fresh, fresh Fresh lettuce, salads salads and all that just literally right out of the garden. Um, And like when you talked about like being still in that, practicing Mm -hmm. that, you know, being still and knowing um, the presence of God within, it can also be really hard. You know, the kids are home, you know, schools are out and that's for all ages. And, you know, I know coworkers that I have with, you know, small children, we've had a three-year-old. She, of course, is back at school this week, which, you know, was a decision that did not come easily. Um, it, it feels like no decisions come easily, even just, you know, so it's like trips to the grocery store, how we run errands, all of those things. But parenting, well, it's like questioning how we do everything and what we even know about anything at all, you know, it like sort of just drops us, you know, the outer circumstances are just dropping us, at least for me, um, to the baseline of, okay, what do I know today? And, um, what did I, (laughs) what did I used to know? Or what did I, whatever I thought I knew is like, is it, does it still apply? Is it out the window? Um, the emotional roller coaster. And I know I hear this from other people, from friends and coworkers that, you know, people like I just needed to drive in my car and scream. And, you know, we've had family meetings where we were like, okay, let's check in. How are people, how's everyone doing? And it's really interesting. Um, the commonalities I think that we all experience regardless of age, um, in, in the, the result of having our schedule so abruptly changed. You know, there's a lot of grief. There is. And, you know, a three-year-old expresses that differently than I do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, right? <laughs> so let's, um, let's cue up a song. 
we have a little song for some humor and to bring some levity to the whole situation. A dear friend of the show, uh, Valerie Mackey, music director at Unity of Kansas City North, uh, created a little parody of There Will Be Days Like This. And you made it specific to this COVID time. And I wish I could show you the video. Of course, that doesn't work in podcast format. But she, um, you know, puts on a mask and, and dons um, at hand sanitizer and, you know, Clorox bleach wipe. So imagine all that happening while she's singing this. Uh, Louie, go ahead and, and roll that. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. I was walking the other day, everything was just fine. Then I saw a family walking my way, and then I almost lost my mind. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. My eyes were wide open, but all that I can see is all those tiny viruses coming after me, but I don't worry cause Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. And then someday, we will be together, and maybe even hug, and then we'll be just fine. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. Don't you worry, I will be just fine. That's so great. Uh, thank you so much, Val, for allowing us to show it uh, or, or play it today on the show. And uh, we showed it, of course, on Sunday when we did our talk for Unity Spiritual Center in Springfield. So if you check that talk out on Facebook, you can actually see the video. So, um, you know, and I think I said on Sunday, my mom never said there would be days quite like this. You know, these are some extraordinary times. And that's, you know, we've titled our talk series Anything But Ordinary um, for that reason. And the song, you know, just makes me think because, you know, it's all about the that fear of like the viruses coming after me and when you're seeing other people and being afraid and um, you described what it's like, like our normal habit of going on a family scooter ride has changed. Well, it has. And so, you know, with a three-year-old who is very active and very fast on that scooter, you know, we've, we've coached her to, when she sees a family coming to us, to get off the sidewalk, take her scooter off the sidewalk, and we all just stop and wait for the family to pass by. And that family usually goes on the other side of the sidewalk off of that. And it's just, it's weird. It's it, totally it's weird. It's totally weird. And... I don't like it sometimes. I just, yeah. you know, I, I just don't want it to be like that. You know, dropping yeah. off um, Maddie Rose this morning at school and, and they have a lot of, you know, policies and safeties in place, which I really appreciate. You know, there's little X's on the sidewalk outside of the front door and she stands there and she gets her temperature taken and it's out of her routine. And yeah. she said, Mommy, I'm, I'm feeling scared a little bit. 
And um, so I reminded her that she is safe. But I got back in the car and I just exhaled because it is so different, Mm -hmm. you know, and things are strange. And we are we can keep ourselves safe. But yet in that moment, it just things are just different and it feels odd and uncomfortable. Well, and her words, I'm, I'm afraid a little bit. You know, it's just like so poignant because I feel that way at the grocery store. I'm afraid a little bit. Like, am I touching the right thing? Did I, you know, I'm wearing gloves, I'm wearing a mask, and I, I've watched, you know, the person who's responsible for wiping off the cards before, you know, hand, but it still is like, you know, every little thing you question and then wiping things down when you get home and changing your clothes right away. And it's, and it just um, sort of conjures up. A little bit of fear because you're behaving as if, you know, differently and you're behaving in a way that is, we use the word protective, right? And um, protective for ourselves and for others. And so that that cues, I think, different um, thoughts and feelings in our brains. And when we think about standing in principle, the principle of oneness, the principle of wholeness, you know, it, there's there's a conflict there that happens and I think many of us can feel it. I know I can in in my body. I feel it in my body, and, and it's more than just an emotion. But um, because I'm having to behave a certain way, it sort of cultivates, you know, that the fear feelings as well. As so I have to consciously remind myself um, to do all of that from the place of oneness, connectivity, and, and the place of wholeness. Um, that, you know, I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit sickness, as Myrtle Fillmore said. And, you know, I've had Myra, Reverend Myra McFadden on the show many times as she shared with us her journey through cancer, and that was her affirmation that she used. And, you know, like, okay, so if I wear a mask in public and gloves in public and we're standing six feet apart and, you know, the kids have to stand on an X mark six feet apart and the parents can't go into the preschool, you know, all of these things, like, are we still standing in principle? You know, are we still believing those words? And I believe the answer is yes. How do you feel about that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think also another principle around that is acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the exhale in the car, that accepting that, you know, I don't walk her to her classroom right now. Accepting that she's having feelings mm-hmm. about this as well, like we all are. Um, and that we're all going to get through that. Yeah. And, you know, when I work with my clients around fear, I speak to it as, you know, we can take all of our energy and try to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a reptilian brain that we have that's yes. it's built in. It's so it's, powerful. It's part of who we are. So yeah. we can spend our energy trying to get rid of it. But we're using that energy um, in a way that we can't do anything about that. So why don't we use that energy and say, well, let's befriend the fear instead. Mm. And reserve the energy that we would use trying to get rid of it and not necessarily welcome it, but more embrace the that that's what this is. I feel I feel fear about this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about it being in a car. Elizabeth Gilbert kind of illustrated this for me in her one of her books and how, you know, you're driving, you're the one driving. You can invite fear to get in the back seat doesn't mean we're trying to get rid of it. We're pushing fear out of the car, but it's not going to be in the front being a co-pilot. Right. It's not going to steer us. It's not going to navigate. It's not going to navigate and it's not going to control us. But we can say you can get in the back seat. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you want to keep me safe. If there's an animal running at me, I'm going to run. Right. But we have our tools right now. They're Mm -hmm. all over Mm -hmm. the news and social media about how to keep ourselves safe. Yeah. And I think that's so important to um, acknowledge, like you said, you know, renaming it like I feel afraid. And, you know, I had um, 
George Myers from the Effectiveness Institute on, and he talked about it being so important to name our feelings during this time. And um, in that, that acceptance, you know, if we name it, we can accept it without having to force, you know, because that becomes sort of an inner violence, um, force a change that, you know, we already have enough change, you know, like, okay, this is how I'm feeling, fear, and do I allow fear to navigate or can we just put fear in the back seat? And as I think those words are so poignant by Maddie, you know, I, I feel afraid a little bit and quantify it. You know, I feel afraid, but how big is that fear? And for some people, it might be huge, you know, especially I'm thinking of people with, you know, compromised immune systems, um, people who have to stay on the front line, so to speak, um, in, you know, near public um, other people, just around other people who don't get to sort of safely quarantine at home all the time. Um, I can imagine that the fear is much bigger, but for many of us, um, it's easier to like reduce the reality of what do we have in this moment to be afraid of and, and just to allow that to, you know, like, okay, so this fear is not a huge fear. This, this is a small fear and I'm just going to set it over here and, and then consciously determine how we behave you know, and I just also I keep <laughs> I got to say this because I keep thinking it, you know, did you say to her, Maddie, there will be days like this? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> my mom never said that either. And, you know, but but the fact is, you know, there will be days like this. And we we experience these kinds of um, I don't know. Happenings, I'll say in many different ways, you know, individually, you know, people constantly are getting um diagnoses that, you know, are terrifying or, you know, have relationship challenges that feel like you're, you know, quarantined from each other, even in your own home. And, and so the, the skills that we use, you know, that's why we call it spiritual practice, right? We practice, practice, practice so that when, you know, stuff really hits the fan, we are able to cultivate and, and call out and be familiar with, oh, what what is my truth? What what principles do I stand on and stand in? And how can I use those principles in this specific circumstance today? And part of answering that question begins with naming how we feel. Like, what is the circumstance today? Um, because even though we are having this collective pandemic, it is a unique experience for each of us. And there are varying degrees. Some people are working from home. Some people have to go to work. Some people have to go to work around a lot of other people um, every day. Some people are, you know, I'm thinking healthcare workers who are treating people who are ill. Some many people have the illness. And, and then there are families who are losing loved ones for any number of reasons who are unable to engage in, you know, that that very sacred act of having a, a funeral or memorial service. There are students everywhere right now who are missing their graduation ceremonies. And so all of the, that ceremonial piece that creates community, those rituals that we have as a society are all disrupted. So being able to identify what factors are impacting us personally and what our feelings around life changes are personally, we can then also quantify um, the impact that we are experiencing, right? And we can sort of start to uh, sludge through, like, you know, just sift through everything and and, and um, create our perspective and then also create a plan for moving through it. Like, I know the first week, and you can vouch for this, oh, I, I was a hot mess. You know, I had, I like went into overtime of working. I was working nonstop uh, for the first couple of weeks, which create and and so 
that created a huge change in the home. You know, the kids were home from school. I was working nonstop. Here, you know, you and Maddie were, you know, new, you know, to this particular house. And, and so it just it created a lot of um, fallout, I'll say, of feelings and emotional experience, um, you know, beyond just, okay, there's a pandemic and the state is shutting down. Right. You know, back up just a little bit and then continue on with what you're talking about. I saw an article early on in our lockdown around grief and Mm -hmm. how this is what we're feeling or Mm -hmm. this could be what a lot of us are feeling. And my shoulders just went down when I read that because it did name it for me. Yeah. And I find when I can name it and get clarity about what it is I'm actually feeling, the feeling sort of just dissipates Mm -hmm. or it can. Mm -hmm. And then I can, um, you know, feel more grounded again. I'll also say that uh, I just lost what I was going to say going forward. What did you just say you were talking about? Oh, being in the home. Yes. yes. So, you know, it was interesting for – I was talking for, about being a hot mess. Yeah, you were. How could I forget? I'm being vulnerable. Yes, I appreciate that. So, you know, the uh, the connection there between you and I was different because mm-hmm. there was some grief there because that was a different connection. And, you know – I had just adopted Maddie Rose in in June, so I had spent, her, you know, through foster care, her life. And she came to me at one month old, and so there were a lot of restrictions with that foster process, and so I was, you know, couldn't travel out of the out of the state overnight without permission, and there was a lot of things. So I I learned in that time that there was so much uncertainty with that, and I didn't know what how it was going to play out, and I was I got through that, and I was ready to get back to my life and have no restrictions. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, that was June of last year. And here we are at the beginning of of this year, um, back in restriction. So I was feeling grief from having the same, not the same experience, but being restricted again. I remember you calling it, this is like foster part two. Yeah, I did say that. And and I I have um, a coworker who was saying the same thing. Who had you know a similar experience and was saying this is like this is bringing a PTSD from that experience and it it really illuminated for me um, what that was like because I, d- I didn't have that um, path to motherhood and so I you know I had my own stuff <laughs> you know I was my own hot mess and and threw myself into work um, because I could serve in that way and I could help and do something you know about what was going on but I had no um, just no way of knowing the impact it was having on you at that time. You know, um, some good communication and some vulnerability and some sharing got us through that for sure. Yeah. 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 And, and it, it ultimately led to us opening up that conversation to everyone and, you know, in the family. And so, you know, the teenagers got to like sort of position themselves and contextualize themselves and, and say, Hey, this is, you know, I don't get to see my friends. I don't, you know, at first it was kind of fun to not go to school, but you know, now it's like, what do I do? And, you know, I, and I miss seeing people and I, you know, we've got an extrovert and an introvert. So, you know, they have both adjusted in very different ways. And for the most part, the introvert's pretty happy with it, but I noticed that she is actually more social online um, than she ever was before. So that demonstrates to me that she's having to cultivate and the fulfillment of that social need that before was sort of forced upon her and but now she's you know sought it out and so yeah it's just been a really interesting uh, and it journey and I'm saying journey because it also it changes like it's like a marathon right at first 
you know, you have a set of feelings and um, and physical experience even and mental experience through it. But then as it continues and, you know, as like then the orders got extended and, and I remember there being like sort of this collective um, fallout from that, like or another layer of stress where people really seemed to um, hit like another sort of bottom or, you know, climax of stress um, that I think was a result of that. Like, oh, we're in this for a few more weeks. Nothing changed. Everything, you know, for most people, things were the same. But just hearing that these restrictions are going to continue for another few weeks. And, of course, now we're, you know, at a place where we're, um, things are starting to open a little bit. And it's different all over the country for that. But there's also the question of, like, okay, who's going to engage? You know, who's going to go out and be around people? Who's going to gather? Who's, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I when I you used the word perspective when we started yeah. this show, and, uh, you know, I find that when we feel like we have a loss of power or and have a lot of restriction in our situation, our life, whatever it may be, that a change in perspective can make a difference, and we can feel empowered by that change of perspective. For instance, you know, it, it could be easy, and I have been in this place too, to think that this is happening to us mm-hmm. because we didn't choose this. So I think, okay, what if I changed my perspective on this and thought, what if this is happening for us? What if this time gives us an opportunity because really we're we're sort of forced to slow down in some ways, Mm -hmm. right? In other ways, there's a lot more work going on, you know, or um, because we're we're homeschooling or we're Mm -hmm. doing a lot of work for home or we have extra projects because of the situation, But I'm just, you know, I'm playing with the question myself and what gift could be in it for us? And it, you know, it's, it sometimes can be really difficult to be in that place because we're, we're in our feelings of Mm -hmm. this is hard and there's a place for feelings and I advocate feeling those feelings. And um, when those feelings open up and release, then we can choose to stand in a really good question, a question that allows us to be curious and allows us to stay in a new perspective of, you know, what is the gift here for me or what can I do to express my feelings and work through this and stay in it? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we talked about on Sunday that, you know, we can breathe out of it or we can breathe through it. Yeah. So that music means it's time for our break. So we're going to come back to that. And um, and I want to share a, a huge eye-opener for about about us specifically with, with that idea. When we come back, we'll be right back with Tammy Rising. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. 
This is Reverend Jackie, and we're back with Tammy Rising, and we are talking about practicing principle during COVID-19, and this is part one of actually two-part session. Tammy will be back with us next week. And so, Tammy, just before the break, you were talking about um, looking for the gift and shifting our perspective that this pandemic is happening for us and not to us. And, you know, I always want to be sensitive to how those words are used because I think it's easy to slip into what we call a metaphysical malpractice about that um, because there are people who are very sick and there are people who have died and are dying. And, you know, to say that this is happening for us, you know, when there are people who are suffering um, can be, it can can just be very misleading into the intention and the, the concept behind that. And so if we move through any experience and we allow it um, we we shift our perspective and we get into the mindset of we are using it rather than being used by it. Um, that's what we're talking about. And therefore, it can be for us and not happening to us. And I think that's a really important, um, always, always warrants a moment to just say that we're not just glossing over this. And um, because otherwise it can just not be meaningful at all to people. So when we're looking for the gifts in it, um, what came to mind immediately for me is um, that for us as a family, like to have this time where we've all been in the same house for our months, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are all incredibly busy people. And, you know, the toddler goes off to school and the teenagers are in school and active, have lots of extracurricular you know, activities, outside events, and to be in the same home, you know, 24 seven has been a tremendous gift of bonding. And especially because the kids, you know, have such an age gap, you know, to really have that time it's, um, and watching the relationships grow and develop and deepen has been a tremendous gift for me. It's been fun to watch, uh, nails being painted and yeah. henna tattoos on, on legs and arms. And, uh, it's been fun to, you know, see them, you know, work out their, their things together too you know yeah. i said you guys uh with a 17 year old and a three-year-old i said okay you guys uh you guys okay here do you need me to step in 17 year old you know it's like we got this like oh, they, yeah. they did they did have yeah, it and they were both just saying what they needed to say and, and it was holds her own she holds her own you know they were respectful and they were they were putting it out there yeah yeah very <laughs> in a very sibling-like fashion very sibling-like <laughs> fashion yes um so there is so much uh, that we have to cover in this half but i've noticed that we have a caller joanne is on the line from toronto hi joanne hi yes from guelph uh-huh thanks for calling in yeah i just was just interested to uh I've uh, been a Unity um, participant for a long time, and uh, um, so I'm just listening into the radio. I wasn't even sure of the topic, actually, today. Oh, wonderful. Well, we're glad you stopped by. Would you mind sharing? Are you uh, still having shelter-in-place orders there in Toronto? Um, No, I personally don't have children. I'm a retired teacher. Oh, I said uh, shelter-in-place orders, like with the COVID pandemic. Are you staying at home, or are you, are you guys oh, at home? I'm at home, yes, uh-huh, mm-hmm. at home, yeah, okay. doing fine. Wonderful. Trying to exercise, yes, uh-huh. Oh, good, yeah, that's, you know, we, we were just going to start talking about self-care. So, yeah, thank you so much, and we're so glad you're listening today. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here. Wonderful. Thank you, Joanne. 
So, you know, I did just want to get into self-care. And um, I did a little poll. It was a very scientific poll with my coworkers this morning and asked what kind of guilty pleasures or comfort foods or habits they've developed during this time to to get through. And I promise not to mention anyone's names. And um, so I'm not going to because no one insisted on having their names mentioned. But there were lots of good ideas. So, like, I'm also, like, privately taking notes of new habits I need to start. (laughs) And it all started because someone said that they were tater tots, the People seem to be hoarding tater tots because their grocery store was out of tater tots. And I'm like, why have I not eaten tater tots this entire two months or so that we've been home? So I'm adding tater tots to the grocery list. You'll want to take note. And <laughs> um, and then I was like, well, what else? You know, what else am I missing out on? You know, for me, it's been Swiss cake rolls. And, of course, I like to keep them in the freezer. I like them frozen. What about you? You know, I grew up eating Swiss cake rolls but never frozen. So, I mean, that was a – my world's being expanded and I've been eating uh, – Frozen Swiss cake rolls, They're too. Amazing. They yes. are amazing. Yes. They go down pretty quick, too. And so other ideas that are coming in from my coworkers are Twix candy, um, gelato, mint chip gelato because it feels fancy, um, Mike and Ike's, baking cakes, which you've done a lot of baking, so that has been a real treat for us, uh, family-sized Cheez-Its, and, and cheese seems to be a theme. Uh, cheese cubes, cheese puffs, grapes and cheese, uh, chips covered with cheese and hot sauce, chips and cake. Queso, and the guilty pleasure part of this is from the jar. Queso <laughs> from the jar. Um, but there has been scrapbooking and quilt top making and watching all kinds of shows, Letterkenny, Buffy the Vampire, which there is no guilt about that, uh, reality TV. So um, I, got a, I got a list. I'll just call it a list of suggestions. So I'm going to position this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we've had our own. We've been, I've been, uh, we've been watching Jane the Virgin, which is a favorite of Josie and mine. And so we've, you know, inducted you into that. And of course, you know, uh, what the last airbender just came out on Netflix. So the kids have been all about that, um, reliving their childhood, um, you know, so that's been fun. So there's, you know, there's opportunity to do that. And, um, and I think that that is a wonderful part of self-care to be able to just be like, you know, what what is comforting right now? What is going to make me feel good? And, you know, even like the binge watching shows or um, gardening, as you said, or some people talked about exercising, taking walks. Um, it allows us to sort of just feel like things are, quote unquote, normal. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think of. um Attention energizes, and when we give our attention to something, you know, that we enjoy, that can be energizing for us, you know, instead of giving our attention to the fear, to the worry of it. And, I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, I have worry. I appreciated what you said earlier about the perspective of it, you know, um, being, you know, for us because, you know, we're still going to feel those things. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's part of our humanity. And so, you know, what I've been really enjoying is cooking for five and that's I've put my energy into that and my attention into, we into really that. We really appreciate it. Yes. And, I mean, I made I made brown gravy for the first time. <laughs> you know, I eat mashed potatoes and gravy myself, so I you know I don't really have it. Which was so to shocking to me. I mean, you're a wonderful cook, and so they're really, I thought you've never made gravy. I like never like, made gravy. You know, well, I, let me show you how. My mom. Was, <laughs> <laughs> so my mom for Mother's Day, and you know, I talked to her, and she she said. Uh, Oh, you'd never made gravy before. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean the grocery li- I mean, first of all, it was a huge adjustment for both of us, like shopping for five and then also for five people who were eating at home. 
every meal and every snack. I mean, it was just like, wow, a what lot is of going on here? Like it took like it took like three trips before we finally got enough food for that first, you know, like month um, just to like sort of adjust. We were like recalibrating of what a trip to the grocery store should look like. And so I think we've got it down now. Um, but yeah, so even like the act of cooking, you know, and, and bringing nourishment becomes part of your self-care is what you're saying. It has been. Yeah. And it's been really, um, it's been f- the self-care piece of that is the act of the cooking, you know, the, the hands, the movement of the hands. But it's also the challenge for me that I really enjoy, which is what do we have here now that can become a meal? What mm-hmm. ingredients without having to go to the store? Mm-hmm. Because it is a big deal right now. So mm-hmm. how can I get creative and and whip things up, you know, like a head of cabbage? What can I do with that? <laughs> right. <laughs> So many things. Oh, evidently. Discovered. Yeah, yeah. sautéed cabbage. Yeah, I know. And, you know, we just now started uh, eating out a little bit, like getting carry out. And, um, and that was a huge thing for us. And, and I know, like, there's been the whole Takeout Tuesday thing. And I see, like, my coworkers or friends talking about, you know, or on social media talking about, oh, we got you know, this, that, or the other. And I'm like, people are eating out like this. Like, I don't know. It was just not in my mindset that that was okay. It was like very, I felt very, um, it just didn't feel safe to me. And so to be able to make that decision and, you know, not judging anyone else, of course, for what worked for them. But like, the, for me, this is my comfort level. And even the first time, like we, we drove around, like to see if the, the people working at the window were, were wearing masks or gloves. And we're like, we're out of here, <laughs> you know? And, and now it's like, you know, it's been several times, you know, that we've, you know, ordered and, and which has been a wonderful break. And for the kids, it's also a return to normalcy for them in a certain way, you know, because they're used to being able to, you know, get carry out or drive through or whatever, whenever they want. And, you know, there's like just that, uh, that comfort. That's why we call it comfort food. Right. And it's ridiculous to me, you know, I mean, McDonald's fries, there's just nothing like it. <laughs> Not for you. You're making a no, face. No, but Josie right. and I were like, yeah, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And, you know, being able to honor what does feel comforting and and nourishing because it may not be nutritional. So I'm under no illusion about that. It may not be nutritional, but it can be nourishing in a different way to, you know, our own mental health or I'll be a little a little dramatic and say to our souls, um, you know, I'm not saying that fries nourish my soul, but I don't know. It kind of felt that way. <laughs> I mean, I've said that many times, you know, when clients that because um, I have a wellness background as well, five years in um, wellness and, and nutrition, you know, serving in that field. And, um, you know, I take a perspective. I, I've been in the, in the mindset before of, you know, you can't eat a piece of chocolate cake. This, this guilt and the shame of that mm-hmm. because it I, I know what sugar does to our bodies and I'm in a different mindset now not from the pandemic but you know long before now that says you know there's other there's other things that as we take it in we can have a different mindset of it's it is nourishing me mm-hmm. and I've actually said this chocolate cake is nourishing my soul uh, I love it <laughs> yeah. I love it so well you know and for me too it was like I'm used to like I know my coworkers who keep a stash of chocolate. Lila always has chocolate in her office. I know, you know, Lara is probably going to bring some baked goods in. And so I don't have to plan for snacks and for that kind of thing. But I, you know, I have access. We have, you know, oh gosh, Teresa, the Daily Word editor, bakes, you know, like a mad woman and shares, you know, generously with that. So when this first started, it took me a little bit to realize, I was like, I need to have snacks. Like, 
the snacks that other people would be providing for me. I need to provide for myself and to make decisions about like what, you know, so what would I choose? What's my favorite? And, and to be able to keep those on hand and make it available as part of my workday because it just – it's just a whole new habit and routine and way of doing things. And to do that without feeling like, well, you know, quarantine 15, here it comes. You know, I'm not getting out. I'm not as active. And and um, so, you know, hence the scooter rides and the walks and, and all of those things. And and it always comes back to balance, right? It does. And I'm finding the other side of my balance with the sweets. You know, it's <laughs> affecting my blood sugar and I've known that for 20 years and that's what got me into the wellness field in the first place and so I think you know with the balance piece we we still want to pay attention to our bodies and how we're feeling you know the emotional aspects and also the physical mental aspects because a lot of sugar brings my mental and physical bodies down and so I'm on the other side of that we you know I really embraced (laughs) all the sugar and now I now I get to make a choice you know we all have choice we don't have choice right now in some things, which is difficult. You know, mm-hmm. we're very restricted. Um, but I can really embrace and um, be empowered in the choices that I do have, which gives me a sense of control, actually, mm-hmm. and helps me right. to just breathe into where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I mean, like the underlying principle that is God is the principle of creation, right? Of and and we are not just the creation; we are also creators in that we bring forth um, all possibility, right? Whatever possibility we want to manifest in our lives, and that's what we're talking about. In, in that regard, is that you, we get to make a choice, like we we get to decide what are we going to create as a reality. So, what is if I am in sad or grieving or angry or whatever it is that I'm feeling afraid do I need comfort right now? And how am I going to receive that comfort and that nourishment? And what, how am I going to create it for myself? And it might be, um, taking a walk. It might be getting an extra big slice of chocolate cake. It might be, you know, um, according to my coworkers, cheese puffs or cheese cubes or, you know, um, but whatever it is, if it's food or if it's, um, you know, creating something, you know, quilting or scrapbooking or watching a show or getting on a Zoom or FaceTime call or just a phone call, um, whatever those things are, but to to honor that which we're longing for and by creating it, the experience of it. Yes, that's beautiful. My, uh, one of my sisters and I, you know, she wanted to read this book and she invited me actually into, it's very much in line with, with the work I do and she wanted to dive into it with me. So we've been reading chapters every week and getting yeah. on Zoom at nine o'clock yes. on Tuesdays. We were off next last Tuesday, so I'm hoping we're back on this week together. But so we are, my sister Becky and I are intentionally creating a deeper bond and relationship. She's in Wichita, Kansas. You know, we're not really seeing each other anyway, obviously, because of the physical distance of um, cities. And we made that choice that we wanted to really deepen our relationship and study manifestation principles together, which is a joy for me because I get to do that with my sister. Yeah, that's we get awesome. we talk about these this every Tuesday now, and it's and I've seen her. Um, I saw her a little bit on Mother's Day at a distance, and she um, her energy was different. Just being in the attention of the choice that she has, and that she mm-hmm. is um, a creator. Mm-hmm. by her nature yeah. and that she can create um, a different experience. Yeah. And that's it is like, so, you know, we've talked about naming our feelings, you know, being still, um, shifting our perspective. This is, you know, for us and not happening to us. 
we've talked about self-care and that's that's like what it all comes down to is what do we create what do we manifest for our lives and and it requires us to shift perspective right it requires us to get out of that victimhood and to um get out of the illusion that we don't have any sense of control um and and maybe even loosen up what it means to have control it's just we can make a decision to effort results that we want desirable results and 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 being open to what it looks like at this time you know so what connection with your sister looks like at this time is different than it's ever looked before it is and so you know i asked her if she wanted to invite anybody else on you know our on our book club as we're calling it and she said no i want time Uh, with just you without kids because she's got young kids and i obviously have a three-year-old and and this was after she goes to bed and and you know when we're face to face together, we have a huge family, and so we don't get that time. Mm-hmm. So she said, "I want just this time with you." Oh, it's beautiful. I love mm-hmm. it. Hey, we have another caller. Great, and it's longtime caller Andy. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm a big fan. I know you are, I'm and big, I love it. Hi, I'm Andy. A big fan of both of you guys, oh. and I will uh, fess up when you said giant box of cheese. That's that's me. <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. I, I did not mention any uh, names. But I was thinking of each one of you. I've been incredibly healthy for like two or three years now. I know. And I haven't had you know, like bread or dairy or sugars. And something, I was at the grocery store last month and I just saw it and I was like, yes, I need this. <laughs> yes. And you're right. It fed my soul. Aw. Jesus, they're a big <laughs> but, uh, hit in our house. <laughs> my question is, everything's kind of changed since quarantine and we've developed new skills and new ways to adapt will these skills and this almost human evolution continue once the pandemic's through or will we go will we relish in the idea of not having to get our temperatures taken you know mm-hmm. will it be almost overindulge and bring us back around again it's a great question you know, I think about it a lot, like how what's, you know, like just like human behavior, what is the long term impact of this? Like, do we sort of um, build up it? Uh, this is a weird word to use immunity, but to the idea of of how we need to be safe until there's a, vac- a vaccine. And, and I know that there are some people who do not plan to t- ever take a vaccine for this. So, um do we have this sort of fatigue about taking extra safety measures and, and sort of go back to what we were in that way? I think there are many ways that we're never going to return to normal, right? It's it's going to be new. Everything will be new always. Um, what do you think? You know, what I think is when we go through significant challenges, we can't help but be changed somehow. Whether that change happens when we're kicking and screaming through it, which, you know, that happened a lot with me in the foster process um, and at the beginning of the COVID experience. And, you know, we can be changed by allowing that change to happen. So, you know, we're I think human nature says that we'll go back to, you know, old ways. Some of us, some of us won't. It's going to be, you know how we choose to show up in the future. But I think for most of us, maybe even all of us in some way we're changed because of the experience mm-hmm. because of our life has been completely just turned upside down in a way. So it's I, a great question. I really agree. I, I'm, I'm super optimistic about it. I hope that maybe we 
even the scales with the best of both worlds. Like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, on the sidewalk, instead of getting off the sidewalk, maybe it'll be safe enough to say hi. Yeah. But, you know, on the other end, I hope we bring back that creative force that has um, busted down these walls of being, you know, uh, quarantined, so to speak, that because before this, the arts in Kansas City, I know uh, Kansas City had, uh, they were trying to cut some funding for the arts, you know, even politically, you know, PBS has Mm -hmm. been trying to, they've been trying to defund PBS. And I mean, if you think about it, what really helped us survive everything besides the emotional support of our coworkers, it's always the arts. And the the art has just busted down walls like it was the Kool-Aid man. And I hope we keep drinking that. (laughs) Drinking that (laughs) Kool-Aid? I love it. And, you know, I think about Andy, too. And I know you have um, two small kids at home or, well, young mm-hmm. kids. Um, and I think about the impact on them. Like what how how does this shift who they are in in their upbringing and, and going forward? You know, having this sort of homeschooled experience and, you know, incredible bonding time with family. And it. I just wonder, what do you think? Have you thought about that? what the long-term impact will be? Uh, my kids, I mean, they, obviously they, our generations are totally, I have a uh, 14-year-old and a soon-to-be 7-year-old, and they are, they didn't, they shrugged it off, you know? Mm-hmm. For some, they have been training their whole lives for this. My daughter plays, both of them play Minecraft. They, mm-hmm. they are online constantly with their friends. So mm-hmm. it was just like getting out of school for them. Yeah. You know, being home, they're still communicating with their friends just as much, if not more than before. Yeah. Um, but I think they will develop things that we have not even fathomed. I think it will push them to their, our limits, but they'll go beyond, you know, it's, I think the innovation, yeah, innovation is, is just going to skyrocket. And and especially because it it really has forced um, some people who have wanted to maintain an old paradigm has forced them into the new, like, you know, forced people into who have never wanted to, you know, have virtual meetings or anything like that or to allow their, you know, staff to work from home and things like that. I think it's it's sort of propelled us all into this new way of being. And and so I think from that, your spot on will flow innovation. I always thought it was funny when uh, anyone says working from home has been a luxury in the past. I'm like, <laughs> it's not. It's not for it. Now, you know, I think we collectively have learned that it is not a luxury, but sometimes it's a necessity. Yeah. And um, but no, back to the kids. I'm excited. What inspired me as a kid was uh, watching movies, watching TV shows. You know, I'm I'm a huge film buff, and just it inspired you know yes. me to get yes. into video work. And I'm I'm really you know hoping that kids. Are, or people, not just kids. I mean, right. four-year-old, four-year-old to eighty-year-olds and above are watching stuff on TV. Maybe we'll get that holographic thinking, technology, that right? And get that holographic we, yeah, technology on our cell phones, where we can just like, Andy, you're here in the studio with us. We can just see you like yeah. beamed in. That'd be perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in, Andy. Really appreciate it. Hey, always, always. I love. I'll probably keep calling. I keep up the please good content. Do. Please do. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. And we have another caller. I think we have just barely enough time to get her in. Valerie, 
Valerie, who sang us that little ditty, that parody. Thank you so much for letting us play it on the show today. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, Andy said he was a big fan. I was like, uh, I'm a big fan. I <laughs> have to know, get t-shirts I, I made. Love, yeah, exactly. I'm a big fan. I've got to do it. <laughs> Mine's going to be better than Andy's. But <laughs> um, I just, I wanted to call, I really love that last conversation about um, that, about innovation. Like I've started exploring the opportunities of virtual reality, you know, mm-hmm. as an option for doing theater and, and stuff. Cause it, it's fascinating, but that's beyond all of this. I, and I loved, you know, I've been working more than I've worked when I'm in the office. And so but what I wanted to ask you guys, um, as I, in my field, what I am looking at is how can I help or, or what can I do for the, to meet the emotional needs of teenagers at this time? It seems like a, a group that teenagers and kids at this time. And it's some ideas from you guys. That's on my mind all the time because of the two teenagers in my house, you know, and it's interesting because they're just not wired for isolation. Um, Mm -hmm. And they also love to squirrel away in their rooms and, you know, and do their own thing. So they they also don't want you to give them ideas, (laughs) tell them what to do. What's your experience been, Tammy? With them? Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Gentle. Yeah. (laughs) I think an idea, Valerie, is to... um, you know, hear them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's healing for any age to, um, and I think especially for teenagers too, because they have a lot to contribute to the conversation right they now. Do. They're going to be a huge part of the innovation. Mm-hmm. Their lives are changed forever as well. And to yeah. hear their story in this right now, because there's so much that we can learn. I believe there's so much we can learn from the children. Yeah. And, you know, it's the, like their immediate future that they're stepping into, you know, Josie's going to be a senior is. It's changed. It's forever. Right, right as she's lifting her foot to step into it, it's changed in a very big way. So, yeah, I love that. Um, I do think they will be the innovators. They will be the changers. Yeah. Thank you for that and question, Valerie. Them. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we are out of time, and I wanted to close with a quote by Eric Butterworth, but I'm just going to put it on the Facebook post, and you can also find out information for a workshop that Tammy and I will be offering on May 27th. Register on Zoom and join us. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.